Hey everybody, welcome back to Visual Novel Book Club. I'm your pal Slow Beef. With me, of course, my good friend Oren Ronan. Good evening. My good friend Jim. Hey everybody. My good friend Rosella. Hello. My oh no, we lost Turbo and Pola sadly this episode. Out of friends again. I know. It's like everyone keeps getting called back to jury duty, and it's the same people over and over, and it's weird. I don't get it. But um. It's been we, we had a bit of a break due to holiday stuff. And uh, um, so to that end, we are uh, still on chapter three and we are in the middle of investigation two. Well, at the beginning of investigation two. <laughs> the beginning of investigation two. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. What um, what's going on here? The last thing that happened is that uh, Susato come, came back uh, during our last court session. Just snuck straight into court. Yep. Yeah. So are we finally, do we finally learn like what the heck happened to her? Does she tell anybody what's going on? I genuinely don't remember. <laughs> oh, she's got a lot to say. Yeah. She, she, she dumps a lot of exposition on us right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yes. Uh, sorry. Yeah. It's, it's, it's coming back to me. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, she does, she does start by telling us that like, yeah, uh, dad was just fine. Uh, which is like the least interesting thing that she has to tell us. Right. I remember that. Well, she also tells us that um, her dad and the, the Japanese judge are coming to um, the United Kingdom for the symposium the following month. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she was too excited, so she came back with one vote earlier. Yeah. And apparently, uh, Rinosuke forgot who the judge was. <laughs> He's like, who? <laughs> what? Oh, you mean the, the guy who almost convicted me for murder? No, I don't remember that guy at all. <laughs> The guy whose name is literally Judge Hell? Yeah. <laughs> I think this is also the first time that we learned that the judge was also a, um, a student in, in, in the UK at one point, along with, mm-hmm. with Mikotaba. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they had a group of people um, in the United States about 10 years ago. It was, it was like a big law expo. Like, it was like Malfest, like the music and law festival <laughs> in the 19th century Britain, I guess. I think she also gives a bit, a little more of um, timing for when her dad was in the UK. So I think she says that he came to the UK about 15 years ago when she was born. And then he stayed there mm-hmm. for about five years until 10 years ago. And yeah, and then mysteriously something happened 10 years ago and he left the country and returned to Japan. Because I guess the birth of his daughter was not enough. It also means that, that, she, that she hasn't met her dad until she was five, which is a little sad. Yeah, yeah, you can only like a have bit. a couple years of memories by then. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's totally fine. I'm actually going to load up my PlayStation Five while we're talking because what I've been doing is I've been taking screenshots uh, to remember things to bring up in the podcast. Um, the disadvantage being, of course, you can't really annotate them, and also the sharing function kind of sucks on PS5. And uh, so I don't know if I'm going to have the context, and hopefully I can match up <laughs> which is what and where, but we'll see. Anyway, so the the next bit of information that uh, that Suzato has for us is about uh, the Giselle Britt, the you know the 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 murder victim, I suppose, of the previous case, and um, she tells us that Giselle Britt does not exist, uh, like that is that is an alias, and the actual name was uh, A Shin. Oh yeah, and if if that should sound familiar. <laughs> Right, that was one of four names, right? Mm-hmm. That, uh, yeah. That was along with Kazuma and Gregson, and was there another name we didn't recognize, or...? Does anyone want to take a guess about what the A stands for, knowing what you know about Ace Attorney names? 
Shin. Uh, hold on, hold on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I I'm hadn't trying, thought about it until you said it. I'm trying to make it into assassinate. First name assassinate. <laughs> like assassin. Assassination. Asa. I, I'm not going to tell you anyway. In any case, so. So, but what's interesting is because they always cover her eyes. You know, like could she, I guess she couldn't have been Japanese, right? Ultimately, I feel like somebody would have mentioned that or something. Like she knew perfect English. She pretended to be. No, she 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 is not Japanese. I, I told you before that her yeah. last name in Japanese is, is Sasha. Right. She's not mm. a Japanese last name. And I certainly don't know enough Japanese to figure out a pun based on that. But both last names are himself of the pan, and it's the same pan. So, so yes. Gotcha. Well, Sasha Sheen actually would fall into assassin, like a Sasha Sheen, you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah. When I first saw it, I was just like, Ashen? What? What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, yeah, I guess the, the I, I don't know um, what exactly uh, yeah. is. We, like, we, we will learn it by the end of the game, so, so um yeah, you, gotcha. you will get a pun when when it comes out. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then and then she has she saves the biggest news for last. Uh, Kazuma's body never ended up in Japan. In fact, it never got to the consulate when it got to when it got to land. It never came off the boat and was. They don't know where it is. It's gone. It's disappeared. Yeah, the, the grave is, is like an empty grave. The one that she visited. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and so they immediately go to where we went to literally the beginning of this game. Is he actually alive? And they, they start to think like that's a real possibility. Yeah, but the, the problem the problem with that, um, and I think I think they mention it now, is that if he is alive, then it means that Sholm's lied to them because he had to know. Yeah. That I mean the whole thing is weird, right? Because like I guess I can I mean, there aren't they with the body for a bit? Not really. No. When 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 Naru Hodok um, uh, wakes up, the body is no longer there. So right. so Zata saw the body for a while, but she didn't touch the body. Only Sean did. I mean, is is this one of the uh, one of those things where it's like, get me the guy who ran away from the scene, and uh, like maybe just no one ever asked Sholmes whether or not he was actually dead. Just like, oh yeah, the victim. And just we all kind of assumed he was dead. Um, I, I, you know, what I think it's going to end up being is we're going to ask Sholmes what's going on. He's going to say, listen, I'd really like to tell you, but I can't do it right now, unfortunately. <laughs> I can tell you later, okay? <laughs> uh, they actually raised this later on, and, and um, he did say murder. He said that, that the, he didn't say that uh, Cosmo was dead, but he did say that a murder has been committed, which triggers the whole investigation of that, that section. <laughs> What is he, the doctor from Arrested Development? Like, you know, you could say we've all been metaphorically murdered. You know, like, that's like, come on. <laughs> Get out of here. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, what's what's next, then? Um, oh, we're still catching up with Suzato, right? And that was the big piece of info she had. Did she have anything else, or? Yeah, she, she also tells us about um, how she knew the title of the Hound of the Baskervilles. Apparently, her dad had the manuscript and she found it in his office. <laughs> Which, like, uh, yeah, again, is like, you had, you kept that from us? Yeah. You know, like, that's not, not a lot. Like, I can't tell you how I got it. He had it in his office and, and he caught her trying, lo- looking at it. And then the next time she was in the office, the manuscript was not, was not, no longer there. But again, that's not like a thing you're like, I can't tell you that information right now. Because it's not like time sensitive or particularly useful. You know what I mean? 
like I, I, it, I think it kind of smells like I don't know if we're gonna make a second game, so we kind of have to like keep this a bit ambiguous. And it's like, oh, uh, <laughs> that Chekhov's gun doesn't quite fire, you know? Yeah, I mean, their excuse is that at the end of when he he swore to secrecy, he says like, all right, can't discuss this, and you can never, we can never talk about this again. Right. And then she decided that maybe her dad uh, sucks and is worth keeping promises to. Yeah, I think once she goes back and realizes that she's been lied to about him being sick and there's other stuff that she's being lied to about, all bets are off the table. Like, that's it. She's going to she's going to open up uh, and not really respect uh, anything he tells her about that anymore. Um, (laughs) But yeah, and so then also we find out that not only is it that that that's where she saw the title. And so as soon as she heard the word Baskerville, she immediately jumped to that title, um, uh, which is how she knew it before, you know, as, as soon as it was brought up. But, but also the reason why she actually was called back is because that, um, um, there was a sketch made, uh, by, uh, I can't think of his name, the cat writer, um, uh, oh, S- uh Sasuke. Yeah. Sasaki rather. Yeah. And uh Sasaki made a sketch of the collar they found. That one with the big B on it. <laughs> the dog <laughs> collar with the B on it. Which I don't know how that could be connected here. <laughs> and as soon as her dad saw the sketch of the dog collar, he was like, Whoa, you know, this is a you know, this she needs to come back right away and obviously things have escalated now. So it's pretty clear that this is all tying into one particular thing. And now we're done with exposition. <laughs> yes. So then you know what you can do if you like um, trophies like I like trophies is you can continue. You won't get the trophy yet. It's a progression trophy. You can continue the ongoing shovel spade argument between Suzato and uh, and uh, Naruhoto. I mean, what better way to welcome her back from Japan? Right. Exactly. Like, have you learned that I'm right yet? You haven't. Uh, You know, (laughs) good to see you again, though. There's there's also a pretty funny letter step letter joke later in this uh yeah. Chapter. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. There was one last time, too. It, it, it's a letter in the uh, museum, in the wax museum, but the one in this part is, is funnier, I think. <laughs> what is it? You, you look at it, and, and Susato actually agrees with you that it's called a letter or a step letter. Oh, that's remember. right. And then Naruto goes, I, I expected some kind of fight here. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. There's, a, there's also the conversation that's, um, that's something like, uh, yeah, it's like, no, well, sorry, uh, in, in Japanese, we actually have two different words for, like, a ladder and a stepladder. Yeah, I think that's what happened last time when we talked with Iris okay. about about the letter. Okay, okay. Sorry, it's been a while since we've recorded a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? I just thought that joke was funny. This time he talks with Susato, and Susato actually doesn't have any objections to what he calls it, so he's surprised. Guess that makes yeah. sense. So yeah, after after we so we get all this info dump uh, from Sasato, um, it's time to go talk to the professor again, who has apparently been scrolling all over the walls of his uh, cell, sort of you know, um, uh, you know, a beautiful mind style, um, <laughs> you know, just you know, as as a wacky professors are wont to do, um, and really the only thing to stop for it's like a very swift thing was of course. When we ask him, uh, do we? I think right away you ask him what what the formulas are for. Like, is this for your, you know, more about your teleportation teleportation machine? And he's like, no, this is my autobiography. I'm selling it now, and he like presents it in a nice little like like shows it off as like, oh yeah, you're gonna, you know, this is gonna be something that you want to buy, um, which is you know a little fun. But then he just pres- uh, says that, um, so he all the time he worked with with Drebber, 
um, because that's who they're, they're searching for now. Um, Trevor, he, he confirms that Trevor knows his stuff, that he's actually a very, you know, he's a scientist. He knew all his things. He's actually very smart. Uh, he's not just a con man. Like if he is a con man and there's also, there's another side to him. Um, and, uh, the when we get to look for a clue, he says, "Oh yeah, I was in his workshop," and they're like, "Oh, that's great. Where is it?" And he, of course, he was blindfolded the whole time he was there, so or the whole trip there, so he doesn't know where it is. Um, but he goes into like, exactly like this giant shop, and the the smell of the French oil, the very particular like this very refined French oil that apparently has this smell. He was too fancy to use normal machine oil. Yeah, right. The only one you can get. The, the better smell of oil, like, that's a thing. Yeah. Well, you know, once they started mentioning, like, this is a special kind of oil with a smell to it, it like, immediately, I think we... I, I was thinking, like, well, I know who to talk to about this, you know? Oh, not only did I immediately know that, but I knew who who was going to be involved with the special oil. Because, I like, there's just a... Like, it's... it's this is a, a Sherlock Holmes thing I'll get into later, but as soon as that came up, I'm like, oh, I know what this is going to be. Um, huh. But, yeah, so... Uh, he does have, though, he does have a business card, which doesn't have the address of Enoch Driver, but it does have a stain on the back. Yeah, like, we we, a- we ask him, it's like, hey, do you, like, do you have anything that help us find, you know, like a, like a business card or something? He's like, oh, wait, actually, yes. Like, <laughs> he's kind of throw that out there. And I think at one point, like, he's like, oh, here it is, uh, but there's no address on it. And Rinosuke is like, yeah, I was expecting that. Of course, there's an address on it. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah, it, it does have a mysterious stain on the back that, um, I mean, as, as far as we can tell, doesn't smell like anything, but the mysterious stains are always useful. Right. Yeah, actually, that's the point where I was like, I know where this is going. Uh, so let's see here. So, yeah, we've learned that mysterious stuff. Um, let's see here. There's workshop cord. All right, so... Um, according to my <clears throat> my notes, uh, I think next we can go to the Lord Chief Justice's office. Yep, and, and he's talking with a new character that we haven't seen before. Oh yeah, Courtney Scythe. Um, who? So there's a game called Trauma Team. And oh my god! There's yes, a, there's a pathologist in Trauma Team, and it's one of those things. Like if you look at them, they don't look very much alike, but. They have enough of the same look where I'm like, is this a reference to Trauma Team? Did Capcom make that? And like, I knew they didn't, but um, they don't look alike. And her name is not Courtney Scythe or anything like Courtney Scythe. And it's absolutely not a reference, but they both have that like, (sighs) how do you act? Oh, yeah, I see it. I'm looking at it now. I just Googled it. Yeah. Going from what I half remember of Trauma Team, it's a perfect match. That's how I felt. Like I was looking at like, that is the woman from Trauma Team. Then you look and it's like, it's not the woman from Trauma Team, but the resemblance is crazy, you know? So, like, um, that's Courtney's size. That's a super... Yeah, that, there's got to be a connection, right? I mean, it's not... It's, I mean, it's an uh, Atlas game, so of course it's super anime. I mean, it's it's not a, a very unique design, so I can yeah, see it being a coincidence. I think we just like goth corners. Like, that's just... Yeah. It's just a vibe. I feel like the mix of, like anime goth nerd is like a very rare one so it's like you know what i mean like it's enough anime tropes mixed together in a specific formula like i've had this mai tai before and it's like it's not quite a mai tai i'm like oh it's passion fruit guava oh i remember i I get it now you know what i mean that kind of thing yeah 
I, I don't know, you know, I mean, obviously everybody's big into frozen mixed drinks and anime here, right? But anyway, um, so... And I don't know you if you remember, but um, they dropped a little bit... We, we haven't seen this character before, but in the last game, in the first game, one of the autopsy reports was signed by, by a Dr. Size. The, the, the name did seem familiar. I thought there was, like, some kind of pun going on with, like, Scythe, you know, like, uh, Grim Reaper's Scythe kind of thing. Yeah, I, I don't know what your name is about. It's, it's the exact same name in Japanese, so... Oh, Courtney Scythe? Okay. Yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, I, I first noticed it in the, the, uh, Courts report from this game. Uh, from this, this case. Because we, we do, we do have that already. Right. I, I believe her name was on one of the documents. I think an autopsy in the first game, too. Um, and, and they don't usually have names on these, so it was definitely, well, well, they had a character when they were the first game. They just didn't have time to put her in it. Mm-hmm. But they kept that in. So we can we can talk to uh, uh, male Strongheart a little bit more, and he has a, a very uh, evocative, like, uh, view of how he wants to deal with crime, which is uh, to burn it all the fires of hell. I think is the the phrasing that he uses. Like once he once he gets the opportunity to set up his forensic investigation unit, uh he he will he will burn crime to the ground, which is just an interesting turn of phrase considering how someone died. Indeed, and and also it's um uh, it, it it harkens back to the stuff we've been hearing about um, von Zeeks that there's always sort of criminals bribing juries, criminals presenting false evidence, all this kind of stuff, um, which is apparently plaguing the justice system there. And he he knows it now. If he gets this forensic investigation team. Because it's unofficial currently. If he gets it officially embraced by the government, uh, then then that's going to not only get him to be attorney general, which is his ultimate goal, um, but it also like sort of nails down these these criminals. So, yeah, that they're all going to burn in hell because he can prove things now. I think we also learned that um, Dr. Size knows uh, Suzette was dead. Uh, they studied together when, when he was in the UK. Was the, was the judge involved in that, too? Well, the judge was also in the UK at the same time. Um, okay. I think they said that the judge was studying law and um, Mikotoba was studying, um, well, medicine. So, yeah. so everyone's connected. Yeah. Oh, also, um, Suzato, like when it's like, it's like, oh man, it's like the fact that your dad spent six, the first six years of your life uh, not at home. Suzato kind of says something like, well, you know, it was, it was really turbulent times at home. And then we're like, what? And she just does not clarify. Uh, so I'm not sure what that's about. And and I think yeah, it gets back to another. Oh, okay, I think at this point, yeah, Rinosuke is like, oh, I'm not gonna ask because it's you know it's social. It's more like awkward, like oh, it, it's her feelings involved. And he did he did that earlier too when they first brought up Kazuma. Um, he sees that she's really sort of like she's like I can't I can't believe that he's alive yet because you know I don't want to go back to that dark place of of when he actually died. Um. And he, you know, you see him like sort of making a very adult emotionally decision to be like, oh, I, I shouldn't push her here. Like, this is a, this is something that you need to let somebody be, which is better than just like, I can't talk about it now. When somebody's actually like, oh, these these are my emotions involved. And like, as a friend, you don't push them on it. I think those are much better reasons for, for sort of moving on and not not pressing somebody. It's certainly better writing. Like, yeah, it right, feels yeah. a lot better for us to be like, no, let's let's not be a jerk about this versus someone to just give a weird watertight, water thin excuse. That's not a phrase. Water thin. No, it could be. 
just like a thin, thin veneer water. of water, you know, <laughs> like you would hydroplane on. Why not? No, and you only spill a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth it. It's also <laughs> utterly transparent. Man, this is actually a great phrase. This is, yeah, water yeah. thin. We're coining it now, water thin. Somebody write that down for the episode title. <laughs> just, we have to start using water thin. Um... But yeah, so let's see here. Uh, now we, we can go to, to several places from here. I, I went to the experimentation sta- stage first. Well, there, there's also uh, another thing we could talk to Strongheart about, um, which I think is Von Zeke's... Oh, yeah. Uh, Von Zeke's brother. Um, and, like, I think this is where we have the conversation. It's like, yeah, it's when when Von Zeke's, uh, when Von Zeke's brother died, which was ten years ago... He was killed. He was killed by the professor, and that's what gave rise to the Reaper. Uh, so, I guess the the Reaper is supposed to be like the 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 ghost of his brother. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's the legend, according to some people. That yeah, or you know, maybe just less uh, less metaphysical and more. That's when Vodzik's became a real jerk. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I think they do kind of imply some level of, of metaphysicality there about it. Yeah, or at least that's where the the um, idea of it starts, right? Is the idea like, oh, he's, people are dying because the, the ghost is following around and, and taking and taking care of these journals are getting, you know, um, you know, avoiding prosecution, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we also, then we also like, we ask, like, can we get permission to examine the experimentation stage? And uh, yeah. I, I think it's something like like the forensics team is going to clear it away like in the next couple hours so you have until then but you are allowed to examine it and and, and you can only look you can't touch anything right Which, whatever but you can look so you, you are allowed mm-hmm. in the crime scene that's the gist of it right uh, so I, I went to the crime scene from here yeah I did too I don't know if it was the best way to do it but I went to the crime scene first because of you know of the the time constraint you mentioned yeah and now we get the cute animal i promised you and didn't deliver on last time yes <laughs> so yeah as soon as you show up gregson's there and you tell him you know and then and so the weirdest thing is that so you you talk to gregson and gregson says that uh you know oh, it's okay if you talk to the you know the, the strong heart that that um to go examine but gene is in charge here um, and apparently Gregson is going to be transferred. He's, he's getting ready because he's going to be transferred to France. Yep. Apparently that's the thing. And he's going to take Gina with him. So she doesn't know that yet. He, di- he didn't tell her yet, but, but he plans to take Gina with him. Yeah. And he tells, and he tells Yurinosuke not to say anything. Uh, and so Yurinosuke's assumption is like, oh, you're just, you know, you, you don't want to go back to diving. You don't want to, to pickpocket if you're not around. And Sasato points out, no, he doesn't want her around because of the Reaper. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. like, she got out, she what, avoided prosecution, or avoided a conviction. So, uh, you know, he, he's he's concerned about her safety. But in the meantime, every time, uh, like, we transition between who we're viewing, we get to see the background. The background is just Gina playing with the puppy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the puppy's so happy. <laughs> It's it's a very cute puppy. It's like a little like gray kind of poodley thing. I don't know much about dogs. Me neither. But it's cute. It's small, so it could be a lot of a lot of things depending on what he's gonna grow up into. So you don't think that's going to be the Hound of the Baskervilles? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Probably not. Right? Yeah. Unlikely. 
<laughs> it will be a good twist, though, if Toby turns out to be the Hound of Baskervilles. Yeah. Oh my god, if it goes back in time and becomes Hound of the Baskervilles. No, um... <laughs> This happened now, right? Because we have the collar and everything. So yeah. to- Toby is a dog from Sherlock Holmes, right? Yeah. So Toby, I, as soon as I saw that there was going to be a scent involved, Toby shows up almost all the time when there's scents involved in Sherlock Holmes stories. Um, in the actual stories, and they love putting them in games too, because you know, put a dog in a game. So like, it, frog wears almost always have to- Toby show up at some point. Um, Toby is normally a basset hound. He does not look like this. He's, he's like <laughs> one of those slow old basset hounds. And when he catches the scent, then he takes off and he goes. Um, <laughs> you know, he's you know, trailing through London with this uh, this marvelous nose of this old dog, um, and so like it's like it's like it's such a cliche now, not only for for the actual home stories, but the, any sort of like you know uh, iterative stories as it as Holmes pops up and other different things, and you almost always get a, a Toby appearance because everybody loves a dog. Yeah, also shoot shoot Takumi really loves putting cute dogs in his games. That's true too. Yeah, hell yeah. Missile, mm-hmm. number one dog. You're usually named after <laughs> Shutakumi's own dog, Missile, but this time he couldn't, so... Well, the funny thing is, I'm pretty sure Missile in Phoenix Wright predates Missile, Shutakumi's dog. I don't... Are you sure? I'm, I'm is not, that true? I'm not... I don't think so. I think he named... I, I think... I thought... I thought the... The, the, the one in, in, in Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney predates the dog, but then the... And it, it was also... It wasn't a Pomeranian, but then for, um... For Ghost, Ghost Trick... Trek. That was mm-hmm. a Pomeranian, and it was named Missile, and that, like, was Shoot Kubi's dog. I, I'll have to look into that. I, I thought he named the game dog after his own dog, but you, may, you might be right. Yeah. It, mm. it, either way, that's definitely the case for, for Ghost Trick, uh, and Missile is the best dog in maybe any video game in Ghost Trick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a great dog in Ghost Trick. Ghost Trick's really good, by the way, for anyone who's not played it, and you really should do that, like, maybe listen to this podcast for a little bit while you play it but you know it's really good um anyhow but yeah so basically all you get from from gina is that um the deal you know, gregson's the one trying to track down the enoch trevor um and there's a uh and then you know the toby is has a great sense of smell and can track down and you know anywhere apparently somebody was just throwing toby out in the street and that's when she rescued him um and so then if you look at the back of the card, I think at this point is now when if you examine the back of the card, uh, you realize that, you know, Toby, this oil stain could track him down. So you, so you present the card to, to Gina. Gina's like, sure, you know, do you want me to, me to smell this? And you're like, no, Toby smells this. So she lets him smell it and immediately Toby's like, you know, ready to go. And so she takes off. Is this where we also get a photo of Drebber from her? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we get to see what he looked like 10 years ago because that's. When the photo was taken. Oh, wait, no, um, not yet. We have to go. So after Gina and Toby leave, we go upstairs um, to the platform where Van, Von Zeeks is examining the um, the thing as well. Yeah, he's, he's outside during the day, so he's not a vampire. Yeah, and that's th- this is where Van's, where we get the photo. Because um, I guess you just you look at the birdcage, there's... Um, it's been returned because it was being investigated by the forensics team. Um, and, and you don't really, is there anything? For, I don't think there's anything there yet. Just it's a wooden bird cage made from Japanese. What was it? Pine or something? I forget, but I don't know if it's relevant. So the forensic team t- took it away, investigated that, and then just threw it back on, on the stage. Yeah. That, why? <laughs> They're not very good forensic <laughs> team. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
still early. They're still trying to figure out this whole forensic thing, chain of evidence. <laughs> or, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, if you look at the machine, uh, there's a grill at the bottom. It's clearly designed for somebody to go down into it. Um, yeah. Like this is, you know, it's just, it's not a real device, obviously to transport anyone. Uh, but it is certainly something that looks like it's like a magician's trick where somebody's going to pop down and then appear up somewhere else. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so you don't get a lot of information and I think that's all we really see is just that there's a, there's just a thing that, that you could go down into. Um, and then the next thing to do is talk to Von Zeke's. Well, we do, we do notice that the, uh, that the little cage like is damaged on the bottom and that's, yeah. that's really all we've got. Mm-hmm. And uh, and once you, you talk to Von Zeeks and and uh, just straight up ask him about his brother, uh, and the weird thing is that what so he knows that um, when you mentioned to him that you knew about his brother, he's like, oh, you've been investigating me. And then as soon as you uh, as soon as uh, Rinosuke says that like, oh, the, the professor did it, he's like, oh, you don't know everything. Um, mm. So apparently there's more to it then. Like you haven't really done your work. And I think he insults Rinosuke like, oh, clearly again, you've half-assed this investigation. <laughs> yeah. we, we also tell him that someone stole the professor's wax figure from the museum and he didn't know about that. So that's news to him. Yeah. Um, and then the next thing that you do is he just, Sasato's just like, well, you just ask him for help. And then he just asks him, hey, is there a clue I could have? And he's like, sure, here's a photo of Enoch Drepper. <laughs> and then and then when uh, Rinosuke is kind of shocked about that uh, Von Zeke's like no we're trying to track this guy down <laughs> I don't have to keep him a secret his location is a secret from you if you can find him great and so discovery was born <laughs> <laughs> you know um, what do you call it everybody knows what discovery is right we don't have to go into that I think we probably discussed it before but um, you know the thing that's um, it's not that relevant to, to Phoenix Wright in any case no it never is no um, but uh, if you've ever heard, there's like a, a lawyer thing that's like, or a, th- a thing that like, if you ask lawyers like what the most accurate law movie is, they'll say My Cousin Vinny. Yep. With mm-hmm. Marissa Tomei. One of the reasons too, because they make a big joke about that is how like he finagled the prosecutor to show him some evidence. You know what I mean? And it's like, and he's like, no, he has to do that. It's the law. It's called discovering. It's like a whole joke about it. But um, yeah. yeah. But uh. Anyway, uh, so yeah, but finally, because because that is absolutely not a thing in any Phoenix Wright game, and there's always like information that comes like in the middle of fucking trial, you know. Um, but uh, this time, yeah, I'm, I'm not actually sure if it's a thing in Japanese law or not. I, I probably isn't because Japanese law is very different from American law. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll have to check that out too. Japanese law. Hold on, I'm just checking with my. Uh, my my friends who know a lot about oh did you know that there is no discovery procedure under uh disca- d- japanese civil civil procedures actually it says so no, no, it might be different for criminal never mind forget it sorry <laughs> google failed me or at least go- <laughs> welcome to the podcast where we google stuff and then pretend like we knew it all along <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure it's every podcast. Oh, actually, no, wait. That is, this is so weird. Apparently, um, the Japanese legal system is based on civil law? What? Anyway, 
All right, I'm gonna have to look into this for next time now because that's super interesting. Um, yeah, it, it helps a lot if you realize that the main Phoenix Wright games are really based on Japanese court system, and mm-hmm. they are they aren't realistic, of course, but they are much more realistic than, you, than you'd think. So, yeah, that's rather frightening. So don't don't don't, don't assume anything about what you know about American law when it comes to Japanese law. I'm going to reveal a big secret to everyone on the podcast. And this is the thing I do in streams, too. When I was in business school, I took one like law class, which is a survey law class. And it, like the professor who was like a law school professor was like, this is not a law class. This is meant so you when you talk to a lawyer, you sound like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I use that every chance I get to sound like I know what I'm talking about. So be warned, because I love doing that. And I have no idea what I'm talking about. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. So you understand the idea of precedent? No. Okay, um, but I will pretend I do. To the <laughs> I, I also took one law class uh, for my CS degree, and uh, they basically the only thing that I learned was what actual objections are. So that's what I get to get on my high horse and get mad about. Uh, occasionally, it has happened like once in a blue moon that an Ace Attorney game will have an actual objection, and it's yeah. wild. Wait, I don't know if we have time to cover it in this podcast, but you took a law class for CS? I, I had to take a, a computer ethics course, and then the subsequent cl- the follow-up to that was a, a law course. Oh, I, I never had to take a computer ethics course, hence, I, uh, hence NFT, who likes... No, I'm kidding, fuck it. <laughs> but, um... I, I was actually, I was the TA of the, uh, the computer ethics course. I took it, and then I came back. Damn. I was a nerd. That's not well. You were a ner- at least a white hat, um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, sorry. So, um, law, it's crazy. Uh, so, anyway, Van-, Van Zeeks is helping us amazingly. So, you know, like he should have been, but blah blah blah. So, um, yeah, all right. So this is good. We're bonding with Van Zeeks, our mortal enemy. Um, let's see here, and then uh, no, we we can go to several places. Um. Let's start I, with I the... left Forensics Lab to last, honestly. Well, there, there is one more. There's one more very important thing that happens here, though, mm-hmm. um, because uh, Von Zeeks' assistant is also here. Oh yeah! Oh, oh right. right! Yeah, I feel yeah like that's, that's, really that's up, very yeah. important. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and yeah, he he shows up, and Suzada kind of freezes. It's like, wait, that uh, that like just that posture and that kind of energy and stance uh feels feels really familiar and that's like uh like Naruhoto said uh when he when he first visited Bonzix's house uh and I think someone called this I forget who it was it wasn't me I thought it was Holmes but it might have been um I think Pola might have mentioned because Pola has brought this up several times <laughs> yeah I knew because I'd read ahead so I do remember it being called but now I I think I think you're right that it was Pola yeah and uh, yeah, they're just like, wait, that. And then I think uh, Suzato like calls out like Kazuma. Kazuma Sama. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and he he goes like Kazuma, and then just doesn't really like. I th- I think he does say something. Yeah, that's that's all he says like, for the first that's time. That's it. Uh, but he but he did speak, which is something. Yeah, but but they they are now convinced that it's actually him. Both Suzato and Aruhoda. Yeah. I think it's it's also worth noting, too, that Von Zeke seems sort of surprised by this. Like, he doesn't really know exactly what's going on, which, like, means that if somehow Kazuma was made into, like, a mind-controlled prosecutor, 
that Von Zeeks is probably not aware of it, you know? Well, yeah, he says that he's lost his, his memory. The The assistant has amnesia. Right. Just convenient. Yeah, and, and, and a strong heart gave him to uh, Von Zeeks. So he came from Strongheart. Right. Yeah. And all these instructions about no speaking, wearing the mask, it's all from Strongheart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so somehow Kazuma didn't really die. Shorms probably knew about it. And then he ended up a couple of months later in with with uh, Strongheart, who gave him a mask and told him to be quiet and gave him to Von Vix. <laughs> so what's that all about? <laughs> you how, got me. how did that happen? <laughs> This is the moment for me, like her revealing that like uh, that Kazuma was probably still alive earlier on was me just being like, oh, okay, we called that one, and then yeah, Kazuma is alive, has amnesia, is working for Van Zeeks because Strongheart told him to. Was me being like, oh, this shit's going down now. Okay, <laughs> where, where are we going down this one? Because that's when I was like, okay, this is going to be an interesting case. And well. All of this would be fine, but the, the one the one thing that I didn't expect was that Charms probably knew about it. Um, right. Which, if we assume at least some of these people are villains, and how do the Charms tie in? Um, mm-hmm. This is boding really well for my Cosma uh, ends up as a prosecutor, and we have to do a case against him theory that I think I brought up in the first episode. You, you did. <laughs> this yep. is now this is now back on the table. <laughs> I think um what's I mean uh it's it's weird because then I was trying to play in my mind with like is it possible Holmes didn't know Cosmo was alive you know which like is crazy unlikely but he's also not the most competent detective in this rendition so probably not but you know I, I was kind of holding on to it um yeah it's it's so weird and it's also it still comes back to the uh, the fact of like Holmes has something else going on underneath the surface almost all the time, which is like you start to wonder like, oh, is all his incompetence not really like, you know, is he always just playing a game that he wants um, Renosuke to finish, you know, to, to course correct him like he wants that to happen. So, yeah, it's just but clearly he has a lot that's hidden in this version yeah. of Holmes. It's yeah. I think I think it's part that and part that she really is like that. So it's it kind of he's a more complicated character than he first appeared in the previous game, but it's not all an act. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, well, and actually, there's something later this episode we're going to talk about, which is it, it does actually kind of go against the it's all an act theory. But um, yeah. Anyway, let's get there because uh, that's that's a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I also went to the lab last just because it was last on the list. Um, mm-hmm. I think I did that same thing, yeah, too. So we can go to the museum, to Madame de Spells. Mm-hmm. Um, because we want to ask Shams about it, I think. I think that's why we go. That's right. Yeah, because now that we know that, that Cosmo's alive, it's like, well, then the only alternative is, is that Holmes is, lying, Holmes is lying to us. Let's go talk to him about it. And Shams makes uh, Susado faint because she didn't expect the wax figure to be alive. Right. And... So it was. I. It took me a second to realize that's what happened. I thought she was going to give him the Sasato flip, like oh, like he popped out of nowhere. But no, yeah, she definitely faints. Yeah, yeah. I was like, they're not even going to animate the Sasato flip, but yeah. So Shams Shams um, says that he solved the case of the missing wax figure, and uh, mm-hmm. the figure is back uh, in his display now. Um, but then we learned that, that just because the whatever kidnapped the figure brought it back. 
on their own. <laughs> he didn't really have anything to do with it. <laughs> yeah. No, he absolutely nothing. And then he's like, <laughs> he's uh, Holmes is like, yeah, don't don't tell Madame Spells about that. <laughs> Which not like he's covering anything up, but he just doesn't want her to know that he didn't do anything. <laughs> I, do, I, do, I really do like the I need money Sherlock Holmes. Honestly, it's it's kind of funny. Anyway, um, so he has, he, has, he has a daughter to feed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like basically what will happen is like uh, so you you talk out to, to Madame Sisfels when you first walk in, and then then she's like, you know the. the you know he's he's on the clock right now, and, and don't make too much noise. And um, and then of course you know Sholmes pops out and you know frightens Sato. And then when you talk to to Sholmes, um, he you, know, you mentioned the Eric Trevor, uh, and he'll be like, yeah, if you give me a clue, I can help with that. And then you he's like, hey, are you lying to us about Kazuma? And he's <laughs> like, hmm. Let me just say the detectives lie a lot, <laughs> so you should probably remember that going forward. <laughs> In other words, yes. Yes. It's like, oh yeah, I totally, totally lied about that. And also, like, guess what? You're going to uncover a big mystery tomorrow in court. So, you know, just remember that I lie a lot. <laughs> oh, Sherlock. Um, Herlock, actually, excuse me. And then the next thing is... It, it, Getting back to Holmes needs uh, Holmes needs money. He's like, oh, and you should go look at the uh, the special exhibit before you leave. You know that, that's really important for you to look at the special exhibit. Also, it's five shillings. Yeah, it, it tells us that after we show him the um, photo, oh, of, the photo, yeah, Draper. Uh, that's when he insists that we go look at it. Also, because we have to pay to get in, and he he takes the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just puts it in his pocket. <laughs> and Sasato points it out. She's like, it. If he's charging us for the exhibit, why do you put it in his pocket? <laughs> so uh, we go, we go into the special exhibit, um, and it's a graveyard scene. Mm-hmm. And the wax figure is back, but it's not complete. That's right. It's it's missing its head, right? Yep. Yeah, it's actually it's very spooky. Yeah. Yeah. So it's crawling out of the grave, and it's it's not it's not like the head is supposed to be missing because you get the big metal bolt sticking out of the neck, right? And there's a person there with a shovel who is sort of with a camera and a shovel. Uh, and if you examine the camera... Not a person. Another wax figure of a person. Another wax figure, yes, of course. Uh, so another, there's like a, a guy with a lantern um, mm-hmm. who's facing the grave. And, and the, you know, the, the other ones, the professor one, is crawling out with that head. Um, if you... Uh, so if you click on the camera of the wax figure in this display... Sasato's like, oh, we'll take this. We'll need it later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> also, why, why did they put a, a real camera on, on, on a wax figure? Can, can they have a fake one? Maybe it's just easier to find like a real camera. Isn't, I, I think there's a thing that'll come up later about it. Not in this reading. Right. I thought, but we'll talk about it then. Let's. What happens? So it's just weird. It's weird. It's a weird yeah. thing where you're just like, you know, it seems like a prop they're just stealing for no reason. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Well, like Susano brings up that like there, if you look at the the plate in the back of the of the back of the camera, then uh, you can you is I guess it essentially sort of like has like the the exposed like essentially I guess the equivalent of a, of a photo negative. Um, hmm. And so if you look at the plate in the back, you can sort of see what the photo was. But again, like, this is a prop camera on a wax figure. So, like, mm. 
what does that matter? Yeah, or even if it's yeah, exactly. And even if it's a real camera they're just using because it's easier to make a make a fake one, why would this real camera they're using in the exhibit have anything on it? Like, there's no reason it would be connected to the actual events. Um, but anyway, you take it, and then it it was weird to me that like they make you they make you kind of maneuver the camera around like the actual game camera to to get to the face. Yeah, um, which is a little weird. You don't just you don't just turn around. You have to kind of like turn duck and then look up and then click on it and if you, as soon as it focuses in it's a it's a guy with straight long dark hair but you know a younger guy with straight long dark hair and a monocle and it's just very clearly Enoch Drebber and they're immediately like whoa what this is Drebber yeah I feel like this is maybe awkward because maybe what they're trying to convey is that it's dark in the exhibit so you can't see that face right away but like actually lighting that in a game might be a pain in the ass because then it's like why can't I see you know what I mean that sort of thing so I mean it's Capcom I think they know how to light shit but maybe there that's how I was kind of reading that like there is some sort of <clears throat> ludo narrative dissonance happening mm. you know <laughs> um, but you know who the hell really knows well the, the other thing you can look at is the actual professor figure um, mm-hmm. and you find uh, a piece of broken glass on it uh, which Leonoska says thinks is part of the crystal tower. Yeah, it's it's unusually thick, so it's yeah. it had to be like used for like a structural thing, like a giant building made of glass. Yeah. So the figure was stolen and then ended up with a piece of the crystal tower on it somehow. And then returned uh, like in a, in a fairly good condition the next day. So. Yep. Except without the head. Except, for, yeah, for no head. Um, and as soon as you talk to Sholmes about this, um, so that's like the next thing to do is to, to talk about it. Um, and so that the, the first thing you find out is that after uh, that, that the um, after he was sentenced to death, uh, apparently the professor rose back from the grade. Like that is the story that's about this. And that Drebber was the only witness to this, um, even though the police investigated and found no evidence of this. So, um, yeah, we, we also learned that the professor was convinced and the trial was a secret and um, no one in Britain, um, except for the people involved, knows what he looked like because that was yes. kept up secret. Or who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Sean also tells us that the way he killed his victims was using um, a big monstrous dog. Yeah. Shockingly. Un- unleashing a big dog on them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we. That's the thing. And I think. Um, so I didn't do it in, in precisely the same order. Did So, did you go to the. So, Gina shows up here, right? That the workshop's been found? I think Tina shows on the, in the last place you visit, whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, okay, yes. I came to this one last. So I went to the... I went to the... Um, Forensics lab earlier. For, yeah. So that's... Yeah. yeah, that was me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And said that yeah, they found it. <laughs> yeah. Well, well. Um, so what, what happened with Drebber, uh, Sean says. So um, after the professor was buried, Drebber sn- uh, snuck into the... Um, graveyard and claim the next day claim that he saw the professor rise from his grave uh, and that also is also what turned his hair his hair white that that night right, right. but but yeah but there's no there's no real evidence of this yeah but it's also part of the reason why the legend that the, the reaper is actually no no it's not actually no, forget that that was something else okay right uh what else 
else, what else, what else? So yeah, so the last place we have to visit is the forensic lab. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we, we go in even though there's no one there. We just um, right. break into the room. And just start, like, reading her stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, first, first we once again learned that Naruhodo is really, really doesn't like scary stuff. No, he's, he's, a big, he's a big pansy when it comes to, when it comes to, to horror. Yep. And, um, but I think, correct me if I'm wrong, there's not a ton of note to note here except for her journal. Yeah, there's, there's like, um, a, a, a book of financials. Yeah, we're, we're, we're buying, like, 500 scalpels a month. Right. Which just reeks of some kind of, like, money laundering scheme or something, right? Like, they're cooking the books in some way. Because, like, there's no reason. Like, even Sasato's like, you would just sharpen the ones you have if you use them too much. And also, they don't get that many bodies in a single month that they have to operate on. 500 (laughs) scalpels is a lot of scalpels. Yes. A month! Like, 500 scalpels alone, right? Like, and then you must have, like, a thousand or something. But, um, yeah. It's funny, too, because this, like, piece of information is, like, one I, like, not immediately forgot. But you know what I mean? Like, I didn't see its initial relevance. So, like, I was kind of like, all right, thanks. But it's, like, the thing you need to do to advance the game. So it's clearly important. Um, but when you do, Court, uh, Courtney Scythe shows up and, um, you know... In revealing her inner Greg Sinner Von Zeke, she's not super ha- thrilled with us in her office, just poking around. And she's like, nah, I'm not going to let you examine shit. Get out of my fucking office right now, you know? But there's somebody with her who I don't think we get to see on screen, do we? Well, before before the uh, the other person shows up, um, she does agree to answer our questions because um, it was um, Strongheart who sent us to her. Um, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. And she um, insists. The only thing that she tells us, really, is that she insists that, uh, according to the investigations, the person who went into the cage um, near the uh, transportation machine and the person who ended up in the Crystal Tower was the exact same person. Right. Which is like, well, how? Which is strange. But yeah, she claimed that they know this because uh, of uh, fingerprints. Right. Which is a new technique that they came up with. Mm-hmm. But also, like, fingerprints would convince you that someone was there or just had been there at some point. You know, I don't... It's it's an odd yeah. thing to say that that's conclusive proof, but we don't really have enough information to disagree with at this point. Right. Yeah, And then uh, someone else shows up and we, we do see that other person. Right. Because it's like... It's like someone who's dressed like her, but younger, like a kid, and then she's wearing like a plague mask and calling her mommy, right? Yes. And she's, but she says like really creepy crap, like you know, oh, mommy, are these two like people you've brought for me to carve up? You know, like to dissect or something, right? I've never seen an Asian person from the inside. She says, "Mommy, what is th- what, what is that?" And she says, that, "That's a lawyer." Turning, uh, <laughs> and yeah, and then she says, I- "I've never seen an, an Asian person." from the inside um, and Courtney says no you, you can't cut it because it's still alive yeah right remember not on living people darling you know like, oh, what the fuck is wrong with your kid <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's um <laughs> and I think that's our cue to leave yeah exactly <laughs> near death experiences he calls it look at the time <laughs> you know like um but uh 
let's see here. So yeah, um, now if now if we were in the wax museum, I think, or or at any rate, like um, uh, Gina shows up, right? Yeah. Once once we do all all the things we have to do, Gina shows up and tells her that they found the uh, Drebber's um, warehouse laboratory. Mm-hmm. Whereabouts? Yeah. Well, not whereabouts, actually. Yeah, you're right. His, like, his place of operations. Um, and you can go there now. And when you do, um, it's uh, Gregson's there examining stuff. And there's a big machine he's examining, right? And um, I don't think there's, like, too much outside, if I recall. And, you know, Gregson's like, all right, look, well, yeah, you help us find so like the, the, the machine looks like a model of the transportation machine. Right. Yeah. And uh, if I remember, Gregson's like, you know, they're going to the forensic team's going to show up any bit, but you helped us find this place so you can like snoop around for a bit. But when they come, you got to get out of here. So you're on a time limit, sort of. You yeah. Know? And there's a locked door on, on the back of the room that you can't get into. Yep. We uh, we do find a, a quiver of bolts for a uh, for a crossbow. So that uh, just sort of helps. We, we sort of already knew that Enoch Drebber was the one who, who shot the, the thing, but we, you know, find more evidence to back that up. Yeah, exactly. And you find the science trophy, too, when you're examining. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. He won a trophy for science. He's a good sciencer. Yeah, but, like, the trophy said something about, like, like uh, about something about youth. And I, I couldn't tell if he, like, helped youth with science or if he was a, a, a science youth. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, Either way. <laughs> they are not... Mutually exclusive things, but um, <laughs> no, I think I think it's meant to be. When you know, years ago, he he won it for being the mis- he, for being the science person. Okay, so he was a little a little baby prodigy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we hear some noises from the the room behind the locked door. Mm-hmm. And I think then it's like Gregson's like time for action. Yeah. B- before, if you, if you look at the doors, and Gregson says that. They called for a locksmith, um, and we have to wait for them. But now he lets Sholmes um, unlock the door. Uh, oh, that's right, that's right, you're right. Which, which Sholmes does actually really well, really quickly. Mm-hmm. And then bada-bing, bada-boom, we get into the room. I didn't even mean that to rhyme. And um, Boom, indeed. Indeed, because <laughs> uh, the room is a total wreck. All the furniture is, like, upside down in here. But front and center on the ground... But nobody notices till you examine it is um, a like bunch of sticks of dynamite, you know, and um, there's a little clock on it, you know, yeah. it, it looks like a bomb. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Like, I mean, like cartoon style bomb. Yeah. yeah. Looney Tunes hadn't been invented yet, so none of them could recognize a time bomb on site. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> didn't say Acme on the side. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. The telltale, the telltale Acme. Um, so, but when when we look at the bomb, we ask Sholmes about it because he's been looking at it. Um, yep. And he says, um, uh, "No, it, it, it looks like a bomb, but it, it's not. I, I know what it is. It's not a bomb." <laughs> right. And this is um, great because one other prominent thing is that there are footsteps on. There's exactly two footprints on the ceiling. You know, as if like near. Basically, there's like a slanted kind of roof. You know. And toward the side, there's like a skylight kind of window still closed. And like next to it, if I remember, there's like two footprints there. Yeah. And, and, and they also find a rope on the floor. That's for, and a rope on the floor. And, and, there's a, and there's a safe in the room. There's a big safe in the room. <laughs> That's right. And Gregson says, by the way, um, 
blow me, what have we here then? Which I screenshotted because I'm very juvenile. Um, <laughs> what do you call it? So like, uh, anyway. So then, then what comes next is, of course, the great um, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, it's been a bit. What do they call it again? Like logic and reason experiment, whatever. Uh, anyway, Sholmes is going to explain exactly what happened here. And this is like far and away my favorite one. Yeah, he, he, he doesn't have anyone. There isn't anyone he's accusing of anything. So, But he needs a person there so he can dance around someone. So, yeah, uh, society of volunteers. And she's really happy about it. Yeah, he just he just tells Susada like just stand right here, okay? <laughs> yeah. And the anim it's animated really nicely. Yeah, uh, like you're not just panning around the camera anymore because basically the fact that there are footprints on the ceiling and the fact that all the furniture is upside down leads Holmes to the conclusion that Enoch Drebber has created an anti gravity device. Yep, <laughs> and has used it to escape through the the roof skylight. And while he is talking about this cockamamie theory, which I think during this, even Narahoto is like interjecting like, wait, what? Um, but what's nice is like things are actually like floating upside down during it as he's explaining it. And like it's like going on around her and Suzato's like looking on with wonder and stuff. And it's just really good. Yeah, I, I love this so much. So yeah, and, and he claims that this uh, thing that looks like a, like a bomb is actually the, the device that reverses gravity. Yes. And it has a clock on it because that's why that's uh, how it controls when the gravity should come back. <laughs> also, I I absolutely yeah. So that wouldn't wouldn't just be like gravity forever reversed. I also love that this is because we know it's a time bomb. The audience that this is presumably happening while they're in mortal peril, you know. But none of them realize it, which is <laughs> pretty funny. Um, so, um. What is the things that he says? He says, like, okay, what's going on here? Oh, yeah. And then, so it's not only what is this device? It's an anti-gravity device. And where did Drebber go? Through the ceiling. He's escaped. To which we say, I'm going to help you out with this one, Mr. Holmes. Um, Because one of the things we can examine is on the underside of the... uh, one of the chairs is a safe combination written down. Oh, well, the, the, the first thing we have we, we have to show is that um, no, the furniture aren't upside down because uh, the gravity was reversed. And we show that because there is one uh, vase on the floor, which is the correct mm-hmm. way up that's and right. also didn't break. Yeah. Um, so that's how we prove that no, there, there was no gravitational shenanigans happening. I think we even ask Sholmes, like, hey, is it... Is that oh, is anti-gravity like a real thing? He's like, no. <laughs> this is still my theory. It's like, okay. Yeah. Um, counter-proposal. <laughs> yeah, there's an entire thing there about... It, it says that, well, when, when you... When you remove all the things that are impossible, the only thing that remains is the answer. Um, or whatever the actual quote it is. I don't remember it. Eliminate the impossible, and then whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. Yeah, and then we knew that already, but but he also um, says that once again, this is uh, a sentence that he says, but I was it from here for him. <laughs> <laughs> that, that came up in the last game when I was told that, that she, she, she wrote that, that sentence. Yeah. That line. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but, but then we tried to figure out why the um, furniture are upside down, and we find that one of them has... Um, a safe combination written on it. Right. So it's like, oh, then, you know, and then Suzato reminds like, you know, when you forget things, Mr. Narahoto, 
and you write them down, but then you forget where you wrote them down. And it's like, why are you telling me that? Why are you telling everyone that, Cesato? You know, so. Um, I was like, yeah, same. Yeah, it's, it's a big, big mood, as the kids say. <laughs> yep. um, but uh, yeah, so. Um, so now we have to figure out where um, Drebber actually is. Um, so yeah, but, but but we do that by first showing what the footprints near the ceilings are. You know what I love though is during that um, at one point the the Holmes Holmes says yes I feel though that particular mystery has just become even harder to solve. Suzato says I can't think of any other way to explain it all. Oh, life was so much simpler in those halcyon days when gravity could be reversed, <laughs> yeah. which I really liked. Hmm. But anyway, yeah, and and the. There's like an, a hot air balloon, um, a small one near the ceiling, mm-hmm. and we find it's uh, green. Yeah, it's green. Yeah. And we find a shoe on it. So now we come to the conclusion that someone was throwing shoes at the hot air balloon, trying to um, pop it, apparently. Mm-hmm. And we actually take like a little break from the entire um, deduction thing here. Uh, because we want to find out what's inside the hot uh, balloon. Um, and luckily, we, we have a crossbow. <laughs> so, That's right. And ammo. Which we stole, which we stole from the crime scene <laughs> the previous right. day. Yeah. Look, we're still learning about uh, <laughs> yeah. and all that stuff. So so what's in the hot air balloon? A head. A severed head. And it's in like a helmet all locked, right? Yeah, it's all it's all man in the iron mask. Up. Yeah, yep. I'm thinking the same thing. I know, like it looks that way. Like it, there's a animation for the head when you find it, and it not like a artwork for the head, and it, it's locked down just like that. Mm-hmm. But apparently, there is an actual head inside of it. Yeah, but it's the head of the waxwork that was missing. Yeah, we we see the little sockets on the bottom. It's like ah, this we we know where to put this. But yeah, we, we can't get it open, so we, we still don't know what the professor looked like. And uh, again, apparently that's that's very uh, close to the chest information. But at least we found the waxwork, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that they let Madame to Spells make an actual uh, like wax print of the actual head of someone who was not supposed to be known to the public. Even if she did put it inside her helmet, her helmet later. Yeah, I mean, did they let her, or did she figure out some interesting way of getting there? Mm-hmm. So, well, okay, I'll tell you. I mean, again, uh, this is from what I was thinking before. Is like my thinking is like somebody knows, right? And Madame Dispels had a camera with a missing plate, which like it's weird to think somehow could be the camera, but like kind of like what other conclusion can you draw? You know. Like, I can't explain why that would be the case, but I feel like the game is moving in that direction, you know? But anyhow. So, um, where were we? Uh, well, now we're going back to the deduction, and the only place where Drebber can be in this room is inside the big safe. Because he couldn't escape it, and there's nowhere else to hide here. Yeah. So in essence, he was flipping his furniture upside down to try to find the place where he wrote the safe combo so he could get in the safe and hide. Right. And he also really w- didn't want us to find the head, so he tried to pop the balloon before he went into the safe, but he couldn't manage to. Yeah. Right. Elementary. So, um, all right, so mystery is solved, and we open the safe, and Enoch Drebber rolls out, and um, 
He's an interesting character. Um, I, I, I guess, you know, like a lot of Phoenix Wright characters like have sort of, I guess he's supposed to be sort of like a clockwork robot person. Yeah, like he has a prosthetic hand that, so you can see all of this like clockwork and the gears and the, the twitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also his animation is very uh, like twitchy and robotic and uh, like occasionally he'll like do a thing that makes it look like he's actually trying to do the robot, which is very cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has a really creepy smile though. When one of his poses is smiling face, which is really creepy. He has a monocle, a proper monocle on his right eye, if I remember. And then he has this like gyro thing that like he'll put his finger up to and his fingertip will spin like a screwdriver. And it like rotates this other thing in place over his left eye. I don't know if I'm describing that very well, but that's what it is, you know? Yeah. Hence, I am describing it well, but um, no, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's very neat. I like I like I like Drebber's like appearance and stuff, you know, very, very neat looking character, you know. But that said, you know, he we've caught him. He's hiding in the safe, you know, what a weirdo. And he uh, he thinks that we're kind of weird because, you know, why did we do all this like deducting and bullshit when um, there's a there's a time bomb in the in the middle of the room? Yeah, and the time bomb is actually about to go off any second now, he tells us. Yeah, and I think Shom says something like, well, I mean, it looked, I mean, your time bomb, like, was oddly shaped like an anti-gravity machine, <laughs> which yeah. I thought was really good. Yeah. Um, I, oh, the resemblance to an anti, anti-gravity device is really quite startling, I must say. <laughs> yeah, they, they do manage to disable the um, the bomb at the last second. Um, mm-hmm. But Drabba said that his plan was that he he put a bomb in the room and he set it uh, for a long enough time that he thought that whoever came into the room would just see it and run away. Right. Um, and then he was in the safe, which is bomb-proof, so he wouldn't get hurt. Right. But all the evidence would be destroyed. And there's a latch on the inside of the safe. Yeah. Which was <laughs> the part that I was worried about. But little did he know. That, that, that way he'd, he'd managed to survive um, and have all the evidence blown up. And, yeah. and also not kill anyone because he thought everyone would, would have escaped right now. Anyone smart enough would have run away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lesson learned. <laughs> um, I think Sholmes even says, like, uh, doesn't he say, like, the reason, oh, yeah, it looked like an anti-gravity device. Uh, you know, it, uh, it, it was... It, I saw one in a dream. Did you say that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think so, yes. Because that is actually a reference to a Sherlock Holmes footnote. Um, they're just, they're just I, I, I don't know what the context is, but there's just like a little footnote that just says, you know, one, uh, this was revealed to me in a dream. And that's, apparently that's enough evidence for, uh, for whatever <laughs> he was trying to explain there. So if it's good enough for Sherlock Holmes, it's certainly good enough for Sherlock Holmes. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think that's, uh, that's pretty much, uh, end of chapter, yeah, right? Because well, Gregson wants to take him away, obviously, because he has to, um, be in the court tomorrow. But the last thing we see is that Drebber tells us, well, you stop this bomb, but I set another one. Outside. Um, outside. Um. Right. On the experiment, uh, that's on the right. stage where the machine is. And then the last thing we see is that exploding yeah yeah which is pretty cool then because then it's good now that's good that's like that was like a really interesting well how the hell are we gonna like prove anything about this machine now so um 
with reason and truth, of course. But yeah, um, I was very happy with this. I, I thought this was a great cha- um, investigation section, I guess. You know? Yeah, there was a, a lot in it for something without a safe point in the middle. It did have a dog in it. The dog is very cute. Yes. There were like four new characters introduced here, including Toby. <laughs> yep, that's right. And all interesting ones. Um, the one thing, the the one thing I got sort of so for theory crafting stuff. The one thing I got kind of hung up on at the end was the as soon as they revealed that the head was locked down under this, you know, the men in the Iron Mask stuff. Is I'm like, okay, who could that be? Is it somebody we've been introduced before, or maybe a character who's been mentioned before? And my first instinct was, wait a second, is it not that Von Zeeks's brother was murdered by the professor, but Von Zeeks's brother, you know, the whole Darth Vader thing is the professor? Huh. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't know if it's accurate, but that's the first thing that's, that's where my mind went immediately. Like, oh, if it doesn't look like Von Zeeks, is that who this is? So I was thinking, and again, this is silly, but like I was thinking maybe Drebber had put on the helmet that he didn't want whoever like got the head to realize who it was for some reason. I, I think it's Im- it's implied that he wanted to do the opposite. He doesn't know who it is, but he wants to find out. And that's why he stole the okay. figure. Or one of the reasons he stole the figure. Because uh, huh. it's, it's also obvious that you need the figure to do something with the murder trick because it ended up with a piece of the crystal tower on it. Yeah. Mm. So it's involved somehow. Yeah. Honestly, the thing that got me about this investigation was that, like, uh, once once Suzato revealed that Cosmo was probably alive, I completely lost interest in the case. I'm like, <laughs> look, I, I have, there's way more important stuff to be investigating. There's this all this stuff about the intrigue about the Hound of the Baskervilles, and that's really interesting. And literal Cosmo being alive and I, I guess there's still this thing that we're that's something about you know the explosion teleportation devices Blech, mm-hmm. fine <laughs> like I I am no longer I don't care yeah I mean <laughs> even though we encounter Hairbrain in this investigation I immediately forgot about Hairbrain I was like oh yeah whatever that guy oh yeah the guy can there's on trial yeah, yeah whatever I don't care about that guy anymore what do you call it? I still, I still, I don't know. I, I, I really still like, I like Drebber a lot. Like he definitely kept my interest in the case. Um, you know, uh, I, I didn't know how to, I don't know how to feel about the sort of resurrection angle. You know, I mean, Phoenix, don't get me wrong. Like these games aren't like grounded or any, you know what I mean? They use a lot of like tropes and things like that, but like, I'll admit I was kind of put off a bit like, like, you know, that like, Oh, we're doing that kind of thing. But that said, I, I like Cosmo enough that I'm like happy with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just wanted him to be a character so bad. Yeah. And well. I, I do think that they planned for this. It's not like that they killed him in the first sure, game yeah. and, then, and then decided that he needed to come back in the second one. It's not a comic book thing. Oh, yeah, This, yeah. this was planned from the beginning. Yeah, it's not a retcon. Yep. No, I agree with that for sure. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I, ca- I can't theorycraft too much, obviously, because I know what's going on and stuff. But, um, you know... I, yeah, uh, but there's, there's, there's a lot of moving pieces here. Um yeah. A lot of characters involved, and we don't know who is who are the bad guys and who are the good guys. Um. Yeah, the the only thing that I that I noted at this point was that, um, like, the, the, we we have the coroner's report, and the coroner's report has a name on it. And if it had just been a coroner's report, a coroner's report with no name, then it would have been del- absolutely factually true. But the fact that it has a name on it name on it means that person could be lying. That's right. <laughs> yep. We we know the name, right? 
Yeah, no, it's 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 Courtney Scythe. So it's not though, right? Isn't it like Courtney some other name? Because that's what no. I was like. What's going on here? It's it's a Courtney, but it's not Courtney Scythe. No, this one is Courtney Scythe. Um, is it? I think yeah. you're thinking of a different piece of evidence. Okay, never mind. Um, that I don't know if we have yet. Yeah, it it doesn't. I don't think up. we do. Yeah, I think you're thinking of the future. Yeah, I think I am thinking of the I've, future. I have also looked a little bit into the future, but uh. <laughs> It's not a huge like thing anyway, but like, well, whatever. At any rate, um, I certainly the- hope not because I haven't looked in the future. <laughs> All right. Well, sorry. I, you know, it's hard to keep the future in the past straight. Um, but uh, no. Yeah. Uh, so time is a circle. It is a true detective. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, okay. I've seen that in a bit. Um, yeah, all right. What else we got? Anything else? I think that's it. We're gonna. Um, is there anything else we want to speculate on? The only, the only other thing that I think you might want to speculate on is how did Suzato's dad get a copy of Iris's um, story in his lab? Oh yeah. Also, how did Iris write a story ten years ago? Isn't she like eight? No, she wrote a story now, but the story, the story is based on notes that she found that. Um, uh, Dr. Watson or Wilson uh, wrote that she found in the chest. That's right. So Sholmes right. and Wilson had some kind of adventure involved this, um, what we now are pretty sure is the dog that the professor used to kill his victims. And Wilson left notes about it uh, in the chest. And Iris found those notes 10 years later and wrote a story, which then Sholmes... Um, Told her she couldn't publish, and the story also ended up somehow in uh, Susato's dead lab in Japan. Yeah, almost like he had copies of Wilson's notes. Who Wilson was in in Japan at the time to, to get murdered there? Yeah, but it seems like it was actually Iris's manuscript and not just some notes. It had, it had the same title. Hmm, that's true. Well, that is a mystery. Yep, yeah, because it, it only went. It, it was in, but weren't those notes in the pawn shop? And then it got the, from the, the pawn script, shop. Yeah. To, yeah. So the uh, oh, so the notes. That's right. So the, okay, so the, the so the manuscript was based on the on the notes. The no, so that maybe they both had the same title. Maybe, though it's it's like it's kind of a story title, The Hound of the Baskervilles. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's very much a. They wouldn't think you title your yeah your investigation notes that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So. Maybe maybe Wilson does. He seemed like a very literary kind of guy. Maybe. I don't know. I'm what do you call it? I'm uh but I'm interested to find out. Speaking of finding out, uh predictably, of course, the next reading thing is through the end of the chapter. Um uh yeah, so uh yeah, um, this is. A, I think it's about it. It's it's one of those things where it's about as long as a standard trial tattoo, but there is uh, an epilogue to it. So it's like I think roughly a little tiny bit shorter than last time, but still like about the same equivalent. You know, um, and we can talk scheduling stuff because we're doing it on an odd day um, due to holiday stuff. But after that, but yeah. Um, with that said, I guess uh, anything else before we go. Can gravity be reversed? We'll find out next time. We found out this time, too. So we'll double find out. All right. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Have a good one.